0: yo 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 welcome to another episode of the x-factor sports podcast we are live on youtube facebook tiktok instagram and twitter this is episode eight of season three the fan appreciation episode of this season i want to thank everybody for tuning in all the fans that like share and subscribe on all the platforms want to thank you guys we do an episode like this every season and we chose episode eight to do the fan appreciation this episode is for you all right so it's going to be a great episode we got nba all up and down the block but also if you watch the the ads and the the streams coming up leading up to the episode i said if you have any questions any takes any sports Topics you wanna talk about, ask the questions, and we're gonna roll through those questions. I'm gonna answer them in between the segments. We're gonna try to be as commercial-free as possible because I want to speak out to the fans that watch the show, everybody that watches it. I thank you guys and appreciate it. You're the reason this is growing. A lot of people are saying they enjoy it, so I'm gonna keep it going, and this is the reason why. So, before we get into the segments of all the NBA, we got quick news for y'all on this fan appreciation night. The Super Bowl. All right. February 11th, a week. 19, we got the 49ers and the Chiefs in a rematch. When we come back, We'll get into the quick news. We're going to step out for a second, but we'll be right back with the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are right back here with the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Had a quick technical difficulty, but it's all good. We are back for the fan appreciation episode. Let me get back into the quick news. Super Bowl 58. We got a rematch, like I said, Chiefs, Niners. Who will win this Super Bowl? We are going to talk about it on next episode, but we do have some quick topics to touch on for this Super Bowl. Some legacies going on here, all right, for the Chiefs. The franchise, players, everybody, also the 49ers. If the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, are they officially a dynasty? That's, the, that's going to be the main question everybody talks about. Will the Chiefs be a dynasty if they win this Super Bowl? Three titles in five years and a back-to-back for the first time since the Patriots did it in 03-04. So, kind of got the same recipe. And then we got other questions as well. Is Patrick Mahomes the GOAT? After getting his six seasons starting in the NFL, he has got he would have three rings and a back-to-back two league MVPs. He might win his third Super Bowl MVP. So we got this GOAT conversation that will start, and it will actually start getting a little valid. And then we got Pat, Travis Kelsey. Is he the GOAT tight end if they win the Super Bowl? Andy Reid, the GOAT coach, right? A lot of these conversations always happen very hyperbolic when you get here in the Super Bowl. But I think the Kelsey conversation is a real one if they win this. So a lot on the line for the Chiefs if they win the Super Bowl. But on the flip side, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, is Brock Purdy a franchise quarterback? Can we get rid of the Mr. Irrelevant and actually give young Brock his props for doing something Jimmy G couldn't do for them, right? Is Shanahan finally validated as a great coach? You know, he'll, it'll be a father-son duo that have Super Bowl championships. His father, Mike Shanahan won back-to-back with the Broncos in the 90s. Kyle Shanahan will be getting his first. So we talk about that. The Niners franchise would have tied the Pittsburgh Steelers with six Super Bowl titles. And they'd be one behind, and they'd be tied also with the Patriots as well. So all three of those franchises will have the most Super Bowl titles out of any organization in the NFL, so a lot of legacy going on on the line for the Super Bowl. Great players. We'll see what happens a week from Sunday, February 11th, and then also an underline. In fact, we didn't talk about last week because it hadn't happened yet. But Jim Harbaugh gets the job at the LA Chargers. We talked about that happening after they won the national championship in Michigan. So. This is great news for Justin Herbert. This might be the best news he got since the day he was drafted. (laughs) That help is on the way with Jim Harbaugh, a quarterback coach and a offensive minded coach that could possibly help Justin Herbert get to the playoffs and have some success. So congrats to Jim Harbaugh on taking that step. We knew it was coming and it finally did. All right, over to college basketball, men's college basketball. Last week, everybody except Four teams in the top 10 lost last week, all right? So it was a lot of shaking up in the rankings last week. If you watch any games over the last two and a half days, you saw some teams that were in the top 10 that were not last week. It's because a lot of those dudes lost, all right? UNC just lost yesterday at Georgia Tech. So I imagine they probably won't be in the top 10 come Monday. And this is when the rankings start getting good, all right? We are a day away from February which means March Madness is right down the street. So now these games matter, all right? This is when it gets real in NCAA, men and women. So a lot of shaking up, a lot of parody. It's going to be exciting to see who will actually be the top four seeds come March. And We will definitely dive into that when we get to it, all right? And in the NBA. So last Thursday, the East and West All-Stars were announced, the starters, they went back to the old format. They're not doing Team LeBron versus Team Steph or Team Giannis. They went back to East versus West and they announced the starters last week. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm a little surprised that Damian Lillard got the start for Milwaukee. I know Damian Lillard is great. Obviously came over to the Eastern Conference, but I didn't feel like he was having a good of enough season to be a starter. In the Eastern Conference, I I honestly thought that it would go to uh, Donovan Mitchell. Jalen Brunson probably would have got a couple votes. Donovan Mitchell did get votes. So if you know how it works, there's coaches votes, players votes, and fan votes. They kind of accumulate all three and do the math and figure out who has the most votes to start. So Tyrese Halliburton will be starting with Dame. I'm just a little surprised that Dame got the nod, but congratulations to him. I think he's like an eight-time All-Star, and this is his first year starting, so congrats to him for getting that start over Donovan Mitchell. And that's what we got for the quick news. Now, I told y'all this is going to be an NBA-heavy show. For all my basketball fans, you've been hearing football a lot the last few weeks. We got to give y'all a little bit of basketball before we jump into Super Bowl next episode. So big news. We can transition like we talked about with the Bucks, Dame Lillard. Doc Rivers got the coaching job in Milwaukee. My question is: did the Bucks get the do it right? Did they get it right with Doc Rivers as the head coach? All right. Um, I think Doc Rivers is a good coach. I've never seen him as a great coach. He's got the one title with the 08 Celtics and that team damn near could have coached themselves. the big three, KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. Like they, they had a great team, great defense. I guess you need a coach to kind of bring it all together, but that is the highlight of his coaching career is that team that one year, every other team he's had, he has not had success with them. he, has had 3-1 leads in the playoffs multiple times and squandered them. Um, With the Clippers, he had Lob City. Everybody thought Lob City could at least get to a conference championship when he was with the Clippers. They never did. The Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan teams. They never could. He comes to Philly, and he's got Joel Embiid. He's got Ben Simmons. Then he had James Harden. Like They couldn't get to a conference final so, to me, the resume is head-scratching. But I understand why the Bucs went out and got him. A veteran team, we talked about it last week. It's a veteran team. They want a veteran coach, championship experience. And Adrian Griffin, being a rookie coach, just didn't mesh well with those guys. His message didn't get across. He needs a younger team that he can mold in his image and maybe do a little bit of better job, kind of like Willie Green did with the Pelicans. But honestly, looking at the landscape now, I don't know if Doc was the right hire. Maybe he will be. I don't see them winning a championship. I don't know if they get to a conference final. But Doc Rivers is a good coach, not a great coach. Honestly, I think if he doesn't get them to a final, they could have just kept Coach Bud as the coach. But again, I understand why Coach Bud knows they had to leave. They talk about adjustments and all that. But the main thing is when your voice doesn't carry weight in the locker room anymore, it's time to move on. I think the players just needed to hear a new voice. That core group had been together for so long. They've been through getting bounced out of the first round all the way to getting to an NBA Finals and winning. So they've been through it all with Coach Bud and it was just time for a new voice. So that's I think that's why they went all the way left and got a rookie coach. And then they realized that wasn't going to work with this veteran team. Now they're going back to a veteran coach. But I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, this year, probably not. With Boston and Philly in the East, it's going to be real tough for me to see the Milwaukee Bucks get to a championship going up against those teams. It'll be funny. He might run into Philly in the playoffs. And we'll see how that goes going up against this old team. But I understand why they have to let Adrian Griffin go. And I understand why they went to Doc. But I just don't know right now if he's going to be the man for the job to get them over the hump. So time will tell. We'll see. He'll have their voice in the locker room initially. But we'll see when times get rough, you know, where will they respond with Doc Rivers? All right. So before we get into the segments, like I said, if you guys have questions, you can always send those questions in live. We are on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and then also the audio will be on all of the audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. You guys let me know what you think. If you have any takes for the fans, we will... Get those out, answer those questions, and get you guys a good feel for how the X-Factor Sports Podcast feels about it. All right? So when we come back, we are going to get into the second edition of the X-Factor NBA Power Rankings. You do not want to miss what we have in the top 10. There's been a lot of shuffling around, and we're going to give you that top 10 when we come back. This is the fan appreciation episode of the X-Factor Sports Podcast. yo yo we are right back in it this is season three episode eight of the x-factor sports podcast So hopefully Doc can get that defense turned around. All right. So that is your 10 through six, the Phoenix Suns, the 76ers, the Knicks, the Cavs, and the Milwaukee Bucks. When we come back from this short break, we're going to give you the top five teams in the power rankings, and I'm going to go over why they are in the top five. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast Fan Appreciation Episode. We are going to get into the top five teams on the power rankings. All right. Now at five, we got the OKC Thunder. They dropped one spot from the last time we did the power rankings just because there have been teams that have been playing better. It has no, It is no detriment to the OKC Thunder. They've been playing great all season. They've been consistent. But recently over the last month, teams have just started playing a lot better, been picking it up, going into the all-star break. So they just fell back one spot, still top 10 in offense, defense, and in pace, And but they dropped a bad one to Detroit not too long ago. And like I said, the Thunder are playing bad, but they're just teams playing a lot better. So they dropped down one spot for that. At number four, one of those teams that are playing better, that is playing better, the Minnesota Timberwolves just beat them head to head the other day in OKC. Best record in the West and the second best record in the league, all right? Got a big win in OKC on Monday and they got some payback from them a few games ago cuz the Thunder did beat them in Minnesota. So they got some get back. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they're the best defensive team all season. They're the best they have the best defensive rating. Might have something to do with Rudy Gobert. But yep, they are there. So they fell back one spot. They slipped a little bit. Um, They had the game where Carl Anthony Towns put up 62 and still lost. (laughs) Um, They slipped a couple games, but looks like they're turning the tide back in the right direction. Like I said, even with the couple games they slipped, they're still number one in the Western Conference standings. Still played well enough to be the top team in the Western Conference. So. Good for them going into February. Didn't think that, if you would have told me the Minnesota Timberwolves were going to be the one seed going into February, I would have laughed at you. So props to them on that. But at number three, here they come. The defending champs, Denver Nuggets, man. They're up three spots from the last time. Now the two seed in the West, all of a sudden, (laughs) they jumped the thunder. Now they're number two seed in the West. They got two nice wins in Philly and in Milwaukee, but the Knicks smacked them around. That's how the Knicks pretty much put their flag into the power rankings by beating them. But the Nuggets are that veteran championship team. They turn it on for the good teams and they pace themselves. they, They are looking to May and June. They're just one of those veteran teams when you get that championship under your belt. You start looking at the season as a marathon. So they beat the Celtics at home during the 10-game run. They're 7-3 in this 10-game run, and they beat the Celtics, who were undefeated at home. They started the season 20-0, and 0. and the Nuggets went in there and got a win. So Nuggets just look like a savvy veteran team, show up in big games when they need to. So that's why they're at number three. But at number two, man, the Clippers. The Clippers make their first appearance in the power rankings and jump all the way to two and here's why, all right? May look crazy, like, how the Clippers get all the way and jump all these teams? The Clippers are 13-2 and two since Christmas. Beat Boston in Boston on the second night of a back-to-back, and didn't just beat them, they beat them by 19, blew them out, all right? Another one of those teams that actually beat Boston in Boston. Um, number four in offensive rating, number 11 in defensive rating, just turned things around with Harden, you know, people don't even bring it up anymore, it's like, expectations are there now, like Harden and the Clippers should you know, be poised to go to the NBA finals type of talk, so congrats to them, they've turned it around Kawhi Leonard's healthy, playing the most games I've seen him play in years Paul George, all of these guys, they're playing great, Westbrook coming off the bench, they gel very well, they did just lose Zubac, so that's gonna hurt him for a while, hopefully he comes back soon, but without Zubac, that's gonna be tough, so But for right now, as it stands, they are the number two team in the power rankings. And at number one, despite the two losses to two good teams at home, the Boston Celtics are still the best team in the NBA. They have been the best team all year. They still have the best record in the NBA, despite the losses at home. They're number one in in net rating, number two in defense, number three in offense. So, I mean... (laughs) What do you want from me, right? They're the best team. Talk about them. So going through a tough stretch in the schedule, but they're still winning games. Won seven out of their last 10. Big comebacks the other night against the Pelicans. That was last night or two nights ago, the Pelicans had them dead to rights and then went flat in the fourth quarter and the Celtics came back and beat them. So again, they feel like one of those teams that are on a mission in the Eastern Conference, certainly. But I think they want to get back. They want to get back to the finals. They feel like they left some on the table when they lost to Golden State a couple years back. I know this is regular season talk, but they've looked good all year. And I think, bar an injury, they could be the best team in the NBA. So we'll see what happens down the road. But that's our top 10. So if you missed it, we're going to run through that again, all right? Top 10. We have Phoenix Suns making an appearance in the power rankings. Won 10 out of the last eight. They got one of the top offenses in the league, working on their defense, moved into the playoff hunt. You got Philly. They dropped back three spots to number nine. They have no identity without Embiid, but with Embiid, they look great. The Knicks get in at number eight. They've been playing great. Jalen Brunson looks like an MVP, will get an all-star nod for sure. I don't think there's any question about that. They've beaten up on good teams and bad teams, winning eight out of their last 10, seven straight. At number seven, the Cavs are probably the hottest team in the NBA besides the Knicks, and they won 11 out of their last 12, and they get Evan Mobley back. Number six, the Doc Rivers Bucks. They just lost the other night in his opening debut, but they have been playing some great basketball, second in offense, third in pace, so they drop. They drop one spot to six. At five, OKC, like I said, playing great all year. It's just a few teams playing a little bit better. But Shea Gilges is still MVP caliber. So props to the young team over there. Timberwolves at four. Anthony Edwards, Cat. Those dudes look great as well. They're the best record in the West all season long going into February. The Nuggets at three. Savvy veterans beating the big teams on prime time when they need to and coasting to April and May. Number two, the Clippers. James Harden is not even talked about in a negative light anymore. They've been playing some great basketball as well. 13 and two since Christmas. That's pretty great. When you consider a whole month, six weeks of basketball, they've only lost two games, even going on the road and beating teams. And number one, the Celtics, even after dropping a couple of home games, they're still the best team in the league record-wise. All of the analytics say they're one of the best teams in the league and they got one of the best players in the league. So they are number one. So you guys let me know what you think about that list of power rankings. We will get another power ranking 3.0 after the all-star break when we get close to the playoff push. And you guys let me know in the meantime, who you think the best team is in the league, who will win the finals, who you think I should talk about on the show. We had some honorable mentions. Sacramento Kings are starting to pick it up. They look good. The Pelicans are starting to look good. Zion's actually playing in multiple games. So we'll see what happens with the next power rankings and who is in and who's out, all right? So when we come back, we are gonna get into some more NBA. We got some mid-season awards to give out. So far, we are halfway through the NBA season. We're gonna talk about who gets these awards as it stands right now. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast Fan Appreciation Episode. We will be right back. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are in season three, believe it or not, episode eight, the fan appreciation episode. All right, so the fan appreciation episode, how that came about. I wanted to make sure that the people that watch the show and the people that like the show, there are a lot of fans that actually like the show. Any of the takes that I put on social media, I always get a consistent amount of comments. Or a consistent amount of likes from people. So I say, you know what? I'm going to start doing episodes where I appreciate and recognize fans for following me and liking the content. So thank you guys for that, for sure. And this is the episode for it. So again, put your questions in. If you have any, I comment on them after the show as well. If you put any comments in during the show on social media, Facebook, usually TikTok, i always reply or like your comments and give you guys a shout out for sure. All right. So now let's get into our segment of halfway point of the NBA season, our mid-season awards, all right? Let's start with Coach of the Year. Right now, the Coach of the Year, I think is pretty obvious. They've been the best team in the Western Conference, wire to wire, it seems. So Chris Finch from the Timberwolves, like I said, best record in the West, second best record in the league, they're the best defensive team in the league. And they got a superstar to the making in Anthony Edwards. So I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs. Obviously, they will not be in a play-in situation. You won't have Patrick Beverly taking his jersey off, swinging it around, being excited because they want a play-in game. <laughs> this will be one of the top teams in the West. I'm excited to see how they will do. But as of right now, Chris Finch has to be the coach of the year for the first half of the season. All right, our defensive player of the year. Now, it took me a while to decide who this was. Obviously, I could pick big men. We can go over blocks and all that, but you rarely hear about guards getting noticed for defensive player of the year unless your mark is smart in recent years. So midway through, I think Donovan Mitchell has been the defensive player of the year. Cleveland Cavaliers, He's number one in defensive rating in all the NBA. He's number one in defensive win shares and he's number two in steals overall behind Shea Gilgis Alexander. To me, he's showing you everything he can do on both ends of the court using his athleticism on the defensive end. His team is winning. They're one of the best defensive teams in basketball, and he's one of the best, and he's the best defensive player on the team. So I give my nod to Donovan Mitchell halfway through the season as the defensive player of the year. Our sixth man of the year, this might change because he might have to start some games with Kyrie being injured in and out of the lineup. Grant Williams not playing great, so he might step in and might not even be eligible for this award, but as it stands right now, Tim Hardaway Jr. is the sixth man of the year right now in Dallas, averaging 18 points a game off the bench, shooting over 37% from three. Plays heavy minutes because, like I said, because Kyrie is in and out of the lineup. But if he's eligible, I think it's a no-brainer. Tim Hardaway Jr. is the sixth man of the year, for sure. And they're making a push to get in the playoffs. So he's a big part of it, him and Luca For the most improved player, I don't think it's a question that it's Tyrese Maxey. Yes, Tyrese Halliburton can get it. Tyrese Halliburton, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, wouldn't be a bad, (laughs) actually would not be a bad vote to give it to Tyrese Halliburton, but I think Tyrese Maxey should get it just because of where he's at with Philly. And I talked about this before. James Harden kind of stunted his growth being there. We couldn't see how good Tyrese Maxey actually is because he was kind of in James Harden's shadow. I think now that he has the ball in his hands, he is very much the second best player on that team. And when Joel Embiid is out, He steps to the forefront and leads the way, all right? So I'm going to say Tyrese Maxey as the most improved player. Had a 50-point game this season, averaging career highs in every category. He's up to 26 points a game and seven assists, shooting 37% from three. So he's just improving his game every single year. I think Tyrese Maxey deserves a nod for it. Obviously, Brunson could get it. Uh, Jalen Brown, I don't know if Jalen Brown's in that category of most improved anymore. He's kind of an MVP conversation type of guy, but he has improved. But yeah, with those guys, I mean, I think Tyrese Maxey should get an all-star nod, but because there's so many guards in the Eastern Conference, like I said, Jalen Brown, Brunson, Dame, Starden, Halliburton, He's gonna be the one that gets snubbed probably from the all-star game, but he should definitely get most improved. For rookie of the year, I kind of thought about this for half a second. And then I realized that Victor wimbayama is a beast. And between him and Chet Holmgren, his numbers are better than Chet's across the board. Points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Wimby's numbers are better than his in all the categories. The difference is Chet's playing on a better team. So if voters want to give it to Chet for playing on a a good team, I guess. But if you're talking about rookie for rookie, and he is a legit rookie as well, 20 years old, first year in the league, his numbers across the board are way better. I'm giving it to Wimby halfway through the year, and he might get it moving forward if he's not injured. So I'm going to give it to him. And uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. People in Oklahoma City might get upset about it, but if you really look at the numbers and you see what Wimby's doing in the NBA, I mean, I think he averaging damn near three blocks a game as a rookie, like, come on, man. So we're going to go ahead and give that a rookie. He uh rookie of the year to Wimby. He has historical numbers already in his first year. Anytime a rookie makes history, it's pretty much set in stone they'll probably get rookie of the year. And then the last award for the bid way spot the MVP. Again, if this guy plays 65 games because in order to get these awards other than Coach the here, you have to be eligible to get these awards by playing in at least 65 games. They changed the rule last year for All-NBA for any of these awards because it's salary based. If you make an All-NBA team, you can be eligible for max dollars and Joel Embiid is currently the MVP of the league right now, midway through. And if he can play in the minimum amount of games, I think he will win that award. And you gotta use the same logic you use with Nikola Jokic for winning back to back. When Jokic won his first MVP, right? The second year he won it, all his numbers were better than the first year. The same thing is happening right now with Embiid. All his numbers, this year are better than his numbers last year when y'all gave him the MVP. So he has to get it now. The dudes averaging like 36 a game, something like that is ridiculous numbers. Leading the league in scoring. All his numbers are better from last year. So you got to give it to him. And then also, it's a valuable award, right? Most valuable player. Philly's 26 and 8 when he plays. They're three and nine when he doesn't. So that tells you all you need to know about the 76ers and the identity of that team when Joel Embiid plays versus when he does not play. He is the most valuable player right now, midway through. So if we recap, Coach of the Year, we got Chris Finch for the T-Wolves. We got Defensive Player of the Year, Donovan Mitchell at the guard spot in Cleveland. Sixth man of the year, I'm giving it to Tim Hardaway. Most improved, I think Tyrese Maxey should get it. And not in the sense of a consolation, because unfortunately, I don't think he's going to make the all-star team. But I think he is the most improved. I think he's made the biggest leap from last year to this year over anybody, arguably Tyrese Halliburton. But I think Tyrese Maxey gets the nod for me. Wimby is going to probably get a unanimous rookie of the year. He might get There might be one voter in OKC that gives it the check. <laughs> but I think Wimby is going to deserve it for sure. And then Joel Embiid is our MVP. All right, that's our mid-season NBA awards. Y'all let me know what y'all think. Who's your MVP? Who's your rookie of the year right now? Maybe it's one of your favorite players. Just holler at me and let me know, all right? When we come back, we are gonna get into your favorite segment. It's been gone for a couple weeks, but we got it back, it's bet that. We got a five pick parlay that we're gonna do for the NBA tonight. So hopefully you guys are tuning in some games, but we already made our picks before, obviously, and I'm going to tell you what they are when we come back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, yo, hey, we are right back with the X-Factor Sports Podcast. And now it's time for your favorite segment. Everybody loves it. All my gamblers, go ahead and huddle up. Tune in. We got a five-pick parlay for the NBA tonight. So let's dive into that, all right? For tonight, we got the Pistons at Cavs, all right? I'm going to go ahead and take the Pistons. There's going to be a lot of surprise on these picks, all right? I got the Pistons actually covering this spread. I know the Pistons are awful, right? 12 and a half points is a lot, even especially how good the Cavs have been playing, even with Evan Mobley back. I think the Pistons cover this spread. The Cavs are 13 and 11 against the spread at home, so not great, almost 500. The two times they played the Pistons, they didn't cover. So I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Pistons. I'm gonna go with the history. I'm going to take the Pistons to cover this 12 and a half, all right? The next pick, go ahead and take the Mavs to cover against the T-Wolves. That's a 13 and a half. These spreads are kind of wild today. 13 and a half points with a Luka Doncic. Mavs team, this dude just scored 70 the other night. I don't know if uh, the Mavs are losing by 14 points on the road to the T-Wolves, so I got the Mavs covering that spread. The T-Wolves have not covered a spread in six out of their last home nine home games. So go ahead and take the Mavs to cover that. Luka averaging 35 and shooting 50% from the field against the T-Wolves in his last three games. (laughs) So putting on a clinic. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the Mavs. The third pick. This is the game right here. Two power ranking teams, the Nuggets at OKC. But... I think that these two teams that score a lot of points, they're actually going to play some defense. I think the fourth quarter they're gonna lock down and make it an epic fourth quarter. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the under on this game. It's 229 and a half. I'm gonna go ahead and take the under. Both teams average 115 points or more, but I think that they will actually play some defense. The Nuggets are 29 in pace. They slow the game down because of Jokic. So I'm gonna go ahead and take them under 229. I see some defense being played in a close game for this one. All right. For the fourth one, we got the Phoenix Suns going to Brooklyn. So KD going back to Brooklyn to play against the Nets on this game. Go ahead and take the over. This is gonna be some shots getting put up for sure. If you want to do a, uh, if you want to do a teaser or whatever, make sure you do it for this game. Devin Booker been going crazy. KD can go off at any given moment. Mikael Bridges. And they got Ben Simmons back off sabbatical. He's actually playing NBA basketball games now. <laughs> the NBA's first remote basketball player is back in the building. So go ahead and take uh, <laughs> the over on this game. Uh, 232 two and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take the over with that. All right. Sun scoring over 130 points in the last 10 games. KD in Brooklyn is going to add a little more juice to it. Ben Simmons back playing as well. Um, I think this will be a high-scoring game. Fourth quarter defense ain't great for the Suns, so I think it'll definitely go over 232.5. So go ahead and take that. I see both teams definitely in the 120s. And then the last pick of the night, we got another former player visiting their old team. The Bucs are in Portland. I think Dame will get a five-minute standing ovation damn near if they let them. For what he's done for that city, but at the same time, I think these I think it's gonna be a tough game. Again, Doc Rivers, new to the team, they're figuring it out. The Bucks will win, so I'm gonna take the money line on it. I was nervous as hell about the, the spread. I did not want to take any spreads on this. This seemed like a trap game, so I'm gonna take the Bucks straight up on the road. They are not great against the spread on the road, and I think Doc gets his first win. I think they do it for Dame Lillard, another game that'll have a lot of juice because Dame Lillard is in the house. Blazers will be hyped to play against Dame, so might not be that easy, but I can see Dame time hitting the game winner, possibly. He might he might have some clutch shots in that game, but I just think uh, the Blazers probably cover that nine and a half, so I'm scared of it. I'm staying away from it. I'll just pick the Bucs to win straight up, all right? So let's review them picks. We got the Pistons covering the night, 12 and a half. We got the Mavs on the road covering the night against the T-Wolves. They are not good against the spread at home. So we got the the Mavs covering and Luka going crazy. We got a clash of some Western Conference Titans this year, the Nuggets and Thunder. But I'm going to take the under because of the defense and the slow pace at 229 and a half. Take the over on this. It's going to be a lot of shots, a lot of possessions. 232 and a half on the Suns Nets, take the over. And then we got Bucks at Blazers with Dane coming home. I got Dane time getting the win on the road against the Blazers, all right? You guys let me know what you think about those picks and be sure to log in to any site that you do to make your picks. We sure do ours the same way, but we are also not bookies. So don't come to me mad if you lose money. Cause this is just what we like to do. And people like to hear how we feel about these bets. So make sure y'all log in and make some money. All right. Now, before we get to the two minute warning, we actually got some questions. I'm gonna go ahead and answer. I'm gonna see what the fans are doing right now. We'll come back, see what we got over here on the board. Did we have anything up on the board over there? I thought Ms. D was writing something down. Maybe she write me a love letter. I don't know. We'll see. We'll read it later. (laughs) But when we come back, we are going to get into the final two minutes. It's a special two-minute warning. You are not going to want to miss this. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast. This is your host, Jay Mondane, Season 3, Episode 8, the Fan Appreciation Episode. Thank you to everybody that watches the show. I'm glad y'all support. Continue to like, share, subscribe, continue to follow. Watch the show on all the platforms, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, You can also catch the audio. If you can't catch the video live, the audio is always on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, all right? But remember, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can always go back and get the video, all right? So let's get into the final two minutes. Today is Jackie Robinson's birthday, all right? So happy birthday to the great Jackie Robinson born on this day in 1919. I wanted to talk about Jackie Robinson. I wanted to talk about legacy, all right? We talked about greatness last week. It doesn't get much greater than the great Jackie Robinson. His statue was ripped down in Wichita a few days ago, burned and dismantled, right? By some some people down in Wichita, okay? It was at a at a baseball park a couple nights ago. When authorities found it, it was dismantled and burned without recognition. But that just shows you how far we are in 2024, right? We still got a long way to go. And I'm sure it's somebody that doesn't even understand the history of what Jackie Robinson meant, not only to black culture or to black people or to minorities, but to everybody, to sports, to society, everything, right? but his legacy is bigger than a statue. Legacies in general are bigger than the monuments you see on the walls or the monuments you see in front of stadiums because he transcended everything. He transcended life. He transcended all sports. The great Jackie Robinson was the first black player in baseball to integrate, the first person to actually bring some life to the game And the statue is nothing but a symbol, all right? Jackie Robinson's legacy is so much more than that. His legacy is every black baseball player that you see, Um, not just pros. His his legacy is Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas. Um, He transcended into other sports. His legacy is Bill Russell. You know, I watched an interview of Bill Russell when he was alive. He talked about... Jackie Robinson passed the baton to him to keep black culture going and integrating in sports and in society. Bill Russell was a pallbearer at Jackie Robinson's funeral. He he touched Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown in football, like all of the greats. He paved the way for everything you see today. I wouldn't be here doing a sports podcast if it wasn't for people like Jackie Robinson. All right. He paved the way for everything. I'm a black man that played college sports and am here talking sports now because of something like that for for something that he did for us. So, but that's what legacy is it's unbreakable, it's all time. That's why he's an all time. And people look at the statue that don't even understand what it means to have that there, but it's already implanted in our minds what Jackie Robinson means to everybody and what he means to us specifically. So for those who dismantled and tore down the statue that have no idea what legacy is, that's what Jackie Robinson means to all of us. So whatever you did to the statue means nothing because his legacy lives on forever anyway. This is Jay Mondane of the X-Factor Sports Podcast. I appreciate all y'all for tuning in. Next week, we will have Super Bowl talk. We will actually get dive deep into the two teams that are playing, what they did all season to get them to this point. And we will pick a winner for who we think is going to win Super Bowl 58. This is Jay Mondane of the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Y'all be good to everybody, man. Peace.